So today we're going to continue in our series called Serve with Purpose. Serve with Purpose. We've been in the series for a couple of weeks now. Of course, one week service was canceled due to Barry. So uh, we're going to continue on. In week one, we talked about the key to greatness, which Jesus himself said is serving. We saw that on week one as I kicked off the series. Jesus said, the greatest among you is, is the servant, those who serve. Uh, we talked about how we are all called to serve, how everyone can serve. Uh, also talked about how we must be willing, uh, we must serve with a willing, uh, willingly and with the right heart. And also that we need to serve with the purpose of glorifying God and furthering his kingdom on earth. And I, honestly, which is cool, is I just thought about this. Pastor James asked me to preach one night at their midweek service in Cuba, and I actually preached the same message over there. Of course, I, I modified it a little bit, but I, when I talked to him about it and told him we were this was serve month here at Family Life, he said, man, that goes along perfectly with what I preached last week. So I was able to share that same message in Cuba as well. And then last week, Pastor Todd talked about influencing your world. He talked about how we all have influence. We all have a, a sphere of influence around us. And he said, he, 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 he talked about that. Everyone has that sphere of influence. And then he gave us some ways that we can increase our influence. Like yesterday, we had a great serve day. Uh, and there was, I, I believe that our church is continuing to influence the community. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more. I'm, I'm a, actually show you that. Um, he said, you know, so that's the two things he showed us in many different ways that we can do that. So if you've missed either one of those weeks, as always, I encourage you to go on our website, download our church app. You can find it on our podcast to catch up with us. So the last two weeks, we've been focusing on serving others. Again, because we've called this Serve Month with us going to Cuba and then us serving the, the first responders Thursday, uh, which I know they were blessed. Uh, the city council and Scott first responders, uh, it, it, they, it was a really a great time. Uh, but And then last week, again, Pastor Todd talked about that. And then we had, you know, served it yesterday. We got the school supply giveaway today. But today we're going to switch our focus a little bit and, and focus on serving the Lord. Last two weeks and this whole month has been about serving others. Still talk about that a little bit. But the main focus today is going to be about serving the Lord. If you're in Revelation chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. I'm going to read verses 5 and 6. It says this, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the first to be raised from death, and who is also the ruler of the kings of the world. He loves us, and by his sacrificial death, he has freed us from our sins. Listen to this. And made us a kingdom of priests to serve his God and Father, which we know obviously is our God and Father as well. To Jesus Christ be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for what you've done in here already this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you've done all this month, for what you did yesterday at Serve Day, Lord God, what you did in Cuba, and what you're going to continue to do today, Lord. Lord, I pray you help us today as we, Lord God, get into your word to continue to see how you've called us and designed us to serve. I ask that you would speak to us, Lord, and give us the grace to not only hear this word and receive it, but to apply it to our lives. Uh, and Help me as I present it. Uh, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You know, God has formed every creature on this planet with a special area of expertise. Some animals run, some hop, some swim, and some fly. Each has a, a particular role to play based on the way God has designed and shaped them. The same is true for humans. Each of us was uniquely designed or shaped to do certain things. Think about architects. Before an architect designs a new building, they first ask, what will be the purpose of this building? How will it be used? 
The intended function always determines the form of the building. I was in those meetings with the architect when we were building our new building. And that's exactly the first meetings were, what are you going to do with this building? Before Mr. Beasley can drop any plans, he had to know, what are y'all using this building for? What will be its main function? We talk about this often, but you know what? God created you and me. Before he created you and me, he decided what role he wanted you to play on earth. He planned exactly how he wanted you to serve him. We talk about this often. If you are a guest here today, our vision here at Family Life is to know God, to find your purpose, to, to live free, and to make a difference. And you know what? Listen, you know, we talk about it often that before you were designed, before there was a you, there was something for you to do. So the Lord wants you to, to, to know him personally and then to find your purpose, find out how you were designed, because that's going to determine how you will serve him and ultimately how you will serve others. So again, as we focus and, and turn our focus on serving the Lord, what does it mean to serve the Lord? First Corinthians 12, five says this, we serve the Lord in many different ways, but all of us serve the same Lord. So of course, when we talk about serving the Lord, what does that mean? There's many different ways that we show that we're serving the Lord. So I just want to give you a few quick ones uh, right now. What, what does that mean? Number one, it means that you reverence him. Serving the Lord means you have a reverence for the Lord. Look at Psalm 211. It says, serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. You know, a lot of times in your Bible, it might say, fear the Lord. But, but I want you to understand, if you don't know already, anytime you see in your Bible where it says to have a fear of the Lord, or all you who fear the Lord, this translation does a great job. The word fear is not, I'm, I'm scared of God. It's having reverence in awe of the Lord. When you serve the Lord, there, serve the Lord, you have a reverence. You're serving him in awe. And in wonder, that's what it means. You don't, you don't come before God just flippantly and, 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 uh, you know, just, uh, saying that, thinking that God is commonplace. No, when you serve Him, you have a reverence of all that He is our Master, He's our God, He's our Lord, He's our King. Number two, it means you worship Him. As we just did, Psalms 100 and, uh, verse two says this, serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before His presence with joyful singing. Again, this is one of the reasons why people ask, man, why do y'all sing so many songs? Why do you do that? Because the Bible makes it clear. This is one of the ways we serve him. If you say, man, I serve the Lord. I just don't like to worship. There's a problem with that. <laughs> because all through the Bible, you see those that serve the Lord, worship him. And listen, these things build on each other. If you live with God in reverence and awe, you're going to want to worship him, right? If you have an all mindset of him like, man, God is so amazing. You know, you're going to want to worship him. You're going to want to come before him with singing. The Bible also says to serve him with gladness. And this is what I find. I find that a worshiping heart is a glad heart. If you have an issue with serving the Lord and you're not worshiping, there might be a correlation there. I'd say, hey, begin to begin to worship the Lord. Begin to sing before him. Begin to, sometimes, you know, we're in, in worship. And, man, I, I know everybody worships different ways, so I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at you. But, man, sometimes it's, you know, I see people just standing there stiff as a board. And it's like, man, I, I got to do something, man. I got to lift my hands. I got to jump. You can see me. The staff messes with me all the time. They say, man, I could always, I'll rock. You know, I'm, y'all probably see me. I, I got to move, man. I have to, when I'm in the presence of the Lord, I'm worshiping. I have to do something, man. I, I like to, I like to 
sway, rock, dance, you know, and I get it. Everybody, you can worship by sitting down with your head bowed. I'm not saying that. So everybody has their own ways. That might be your reverent way. I want to be quiet. And that's true. Sometimes I get quiet before the Lord. It's more not what you do. It's a heart condition again, right? Your worship is a heart condition, but from the abundance of the heart, usually your hands go up or your, your feet start moving, right? Most of the time. So serving the Lord means you reverence him and you worship him. Number three, it also means that you obey him. If you're serving the Lord, it means you obey him. Look at Joshua 24, 24. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him. We will obey him. In the same line, in the same context, we will serve the Lord. We will obey him. I think Pastor Todd's preaching with me alone somewhere else as well. So, so um, not, not on the front row. I think somebody's recording something. Threw me off there for a minute. Listen, any earthly servant that is faithful to his master is going to do what he says to do. It's going to do everything they ask him to do. If you say, man, if, if people, people, whether they paid or what, if they have a servant that is faithful to their master and they say, man, this is the person that I serve. If you at work or if you, you've been called to serve somebody, you're going to do whatever it is they need you to do, right? Those of us that went out to serve that, I'm sure I didn't get to talk to everybody, but those of you that went to serve yesterday for serve day, you probably got to a project and they asked you to do something different than you wanted then you was planning on doing it. Anybody have that? Like it was a, a kind of, okay, I see one hand there. That happens. That happened to us last year. You know, we got there to cut grass and this lady was like, man, I got a bunch of trash. Can y'all haul it off? Sure. No problem. You know what? Because we serving them. So they, and they, of course, asked us, but listen, if you're serving the Lord, it means that you will obey him. The fourth thing is that what we've been talking about, you serve the Lord by serving others. Not only do you reverence him, not only do you worship him, not only do you obey him, but again, this whole, this whole month has been focused on serving others. And Pastor Todd shared this scripture yesterday at our rally for serve day. When you serve others, you're, you're actually serving the Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew 25, 40. Then the king will answer. The truth is, anything you did for any of my people here, you also did for me. This is Jesus talking uh, about his response to people on Judgment Day. He said, some, you know, I'm going to say, hey, you, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. You came visit me in prison. You did all these things for me. And the, and the disciples said, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or any of this stuff? And then that was his response. He said, listen, when you did it for anyone else, you're actually doing it for me. So when you serve others, and that's what Pastor Tao was talking about. We had this rally to get our, our focus and our heart right to say, hey, everybody that we serve, you got to look at it as, guess what? I'm serving the Lord as well. So in all those people that we serve, you saw all the numbers, all the different, over 40 projects, every single people, person that we touched, whether it was cutting grass, whether it was a block party, whatever it was, everything that you did yesterday, you can remember the Bible says you did it unto the Lord. Now, listen. I know this is not why they did this, and, and, and I know, uh, but the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. If you served yesterday, we just want to see you. Why don't you go ahead and stand up? If you served yesterday, stand up. I want to see you. Come on, let's give these a round of applause. What a blessing. Thank you all so much. Hey, thank you all. Thank you all. God bless you. God bless you. Just wanted to honor you. Again, and I know that's not why they did it, but, but I wanted to honor them because it's a big deal, y'all. Amen? 
It's a big deal that we go out, that you took your Saturday in the scorching hot heat. Did anybody feel like they were melting yesterday? Come on, I know I was. We got back in the truck after loading up the trailer on that job where my son was cutting the grass. And I was in the AC and Joe was like, Dad, you're dripping sweat. You know, it's like, it's, it's hot out there, right? You gave up, you could have been lounging on your couch on a Saturday in the AC, but you gave up your Saturday to serve. But I just want to encourage you, as we talk about serving the Lord today, that's why we do it. And I love it. As I said in week one, everybody can serve. I love to see there was children serving and then older people serving and everybody, we're in between, right? Everybody can serve. So now, some people would say, man, what's the use in serving people? Man, you don't, you don't get paid for that. Yeah, you had them stand up, y'all clap for them, that's great, but you don't get paid to do any of that stuff. And man, some people you go and serve, those people don't even appreciate what you do. Some people, I've heard people say that. I've heard, I know that's a mindset. When we go on missions, they say, man, why, why are you going to help those people out there? And, and you know, we got people to help here. And there's always, sometimes there's, there's some friction that some people think or say. Or even you maybe heard or thought, man, you know, even though I'm serving God in these ways you've been talking about, my life's still hard. I still have problems. And some people don't even serve God and they're blessed. Why is that? You maybe have heard this before. You maybe even thought it. Why am I serving God faithfully? I'm serving others and I'm still struggling. And yet I see the wicked people out there that, are, that don't have nothing to do with God, curse God, and it seems like their life is blessed. Well, if you ever heard that or you thought that, you're not the first one to ever think that or express it. Malachi chapter 3, if you want to turn there with me, you can. And this is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Malachi chapter 3, beginning in verse 13. I'm going to read verses 13 and 15. It says this. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying his commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's army that we are sorry for our sins? For now, for now on, we will call the arrogant blessed. For those who do evil get rich and those who dare God to punish them suffer no harm. So that's what they were saying. They were saying, man, what good is it to serve God? We serve in God and yet, you know, it, it, it these people, the wicked, get rich, and, and people are daring you to punish them, and, and they, there's no harm. They're saying, man, as I talked about worship, and I gave some of the ways we serve God, they're saying, man, worship is a waste. You're giving up your Sunday morning, you're getting up early, you're worshiping, you're lifting your hands. Man, what's the use in all of that? They're saying it doesn't pay to serve the Lord. That's what they were saying. But I'm here this morning to tell you it pays to serve the Lord. That's the title of our message today. It pays to serve the Lord. You might not have got no greenbacks yesterday, but it pays to serve the Lord. Malachi responded to these people and gave three wonderful truths why it pays to serve the Lord. I'm going to share them with you this morning just in case you ever wonder, or maybe you're struggling this morning, man, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to serve the Lord? Just looking at these few scriptures we're about to read in Malachi, the people were saying the same thing. And God himself responded, by the way, through the prophet Malachi. And Malachi had three wonderful responses. So I just want to give you three reasons why it pays to serve the Lord. Number one, the Lord remembers his own. The Lord remembers his own. Look at Malachi 3.16 and the Amplified that says this. Then those who feared the Lord 
with all filled reverence, there it is again with reverence, spoke to one another, and the Lord paid attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who fear the Lord with an attitude of reverence and respect. There it is again. He's explaining what fear is. Reverence, respect. And all who esteemed his name. There was a book of remembrance. Listen, remember earlier, like I said, that's how we, we, when we serve the Lord this way, when we serve the Lord in reverence, the Lord remembers us. The Lord remembers everything that you do. He remembers us. He always will remember us. Let me ask you a question. Don't you remember people that respect you and honor you and that have served you, right? You try to forget people that do the opposite to you, right? But don't you remember like, man, whenever people really serve you, respect you, honor you, and and just are always there trying to help you, don't you remember those people? Yeah? How much more our Heavenly Father? That when we've come to him and we've given our lives to him and we begin to serve him in these ways and many more. Again, the Bible's, I mean, I could spend all morning talking about different ways we serve the Lord. And as we saw, but, but we got to remember. And, and Malachi was telling them, listen, there's a book of remembrance. Almost like the Lord is recording everything that those that serve him are doing. He doesn't forget. The Lord does not forget. And what is he writing down in this book? Let me tell you, he's not writing down your sins in this book. This is not a book that he's writing down your sins. No, he's, he's writing down, I believe, little things that other people overlook. Things that other people don't even know about. You know, yesterday, obviously, it was captured and, and we've, been, we've been really building it up. We, we shot some video yesterday with Serve Day. But you know what I think the Lord's writing down in those books? Times you serve somebody where nobody else is looking. Where you're the only one that knows you've done it or the person that you serve. Sometimes I know you, I don't, don't, some people I know, some of you, you love to bless people anonymously, right? And you, they don't even know you did it, right? And you've just, you've just paid for somebody's, you know, coffee or groceries and dropped it at their door. I know people have blessed me that way where I got an envelope on my desk and it was anonymous. Don't know where it came from. Ask the staff, hey, who gave me this? Man, I don't know. And I know, you know, those are the kind of things the Lord's remembering in his book. And again, it's not just what you do, but it's also your heart condition. It could be that time, you know, you're in your closet, so to speak, prayer closet, in your room, in your car, worshiping, and nobody else knows. It's Tuesday afternoon on Ambassador Catholic traffic, and you crying under the presence of God. That's the stuff that the Lord remembers and is recording in his book. Or maybe it's tears that you cried of sadness or heartbreak that nobody else knows about, too. Like I talked about earlier, everything around looks good, but maybe there's an unrest in you or heartbreak and these tears if you're serving the lord listen the lord remembers those things and one day one day church the bible said he will wipe every tear away from our eyes he was going to remember every single one and he's gonna he's gonna help us on that day where we have no more pain no more suffering i love this this is awesome not only does he remember his own but he pays attention to us too I love that. Look at Malachi 3.16 again. Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord paid attention. Listen, I know as a parent, I'm guilty of not always paying attention to my kids when they're talking to me. I'm just going to confess my sin before you, okay? And I hope I have some other parents that can agree with me. Do y'all do that too sometimes? Especially in the day and age of cell phones and all that. You know, your kids are talking and you hear, Daddy, Daddy. Hey, dad, hello, like, and it, you know, or like they're talking. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, but I'm really not paying attention. You know what? The Lord pays attention to us. 
Every time we serve him, every time we worship him, every time we pray. I, I love this. It says that they spoke to one another and the Lord heard. I love that. You know, when we talk about the Lord, it gets his attention. Isn't that true about you? You know, there's been a couple of times, a couple of conversations that I've heard that, I, and it only takes a couple of words to get my attention. And those words are Brandon Miller. When I hear those words, it gets my attention. Or in my house, if I hear dad, I'm like, what are they talking about? What, you know, right? And then with you, if you're, in a, if you're in a restaurant and you hear somebody say your name, right? It's going to get your attention, right, Jay? Same with the Lord. Listen, when we talk about him, we worship him. Listen, it gets, it gets the Lord's attention and he will remember you. Why does it pay to serve the Lord? Because you know what? Everybody else, the Bible even says, your father and your mother can abandon you, but the Lord will hold you close. He will remember you. You can say, man, my friends forgot about me. The church, man, they, nobody sees what I'm doing. Well, you know what? And we miss it sometimes, and I apologize for that. But you can know it pays to serve the Lord because he remembers his own. Amen? Number two, the Lord rejoices over his own. Not only does he remember us, but he rejoices. The Lord rejoices over his own. Look at Malachi 3.17. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's army. On the day when I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Look, you remember earlier I said one of the ways that we serve him is by obeying him, right? He says, listen, he will spare us like an obedient child. You know, now there's, there's many names that the Lord gives his church or his children. Sometimes we're called saints. Sometimes we're called servants. Sometimes stewards. Sometimes witnesses. Sometimes friends. Sometimes ambassadors, sons and daughters, so forth and so on. But none is more important than this one right here. I love this. It says he causes his special treasure. Or another other translation says he calls us his jewel or a peculiar jewel. He rejoices over us as his special treasure. Well, well, how do we know we rejoice? Well, think about it like this. And some of you ladies have, have expressed and have gone through this yourself, and I've seen it with my wife and other ones. Think about it this way. It's like that young lady that gets that diamond put on her finger from the man that just proposed to her, right? Doesn't that young lady rejoice over that rock that's sitting on her finger, Right? And listen, she not only rejoices over it and has, and is excited and jumping around, what else is she doing? She's showing everybody, right? She's not keeping that to herself. No, she's excited about that. She's, she's rejoicing over this, this precious jewel that's sitting on her finger now. But you know, she's not only, you know, rejoicing over the jewel because it, you know, it's a pretty jewel, it's a diamond and, you know, maybe a gold band or whatever it might be, but she rejoices over that jewel because of what it represents. It represents that she's just entered into a relationship and about to enter into a relationship with her husband for the rest of her life. Listen, see, when the Lord calls us his, his special treasure, he rejoices over us. I believe he, he, he likes to show us off. And also, again, it's what it represents because we've made a decision now to come into a relationship, a saving relationship that doesn't just last for this lifetime, but will last for all eternity. Right? That's what that means. The Lord does the same with us. You know, not only does God rejoice over his treasure, but he watches over us as a special treasure as well. So he rejoices over us, and he also watches over us. I love this. Listen, this, this next verse I'm about to read, I'm going to just set it up for you. Because it was a story in the Old Testament, and it was a lady named Abigail. And, and she was speaking to King David. She was sp speaking specifically to King David 
But I believe this lady, Abigail, had a revelation of how God views all of his children. Because we know in the Old Testament, the Bible, well, God himself says that King David was a man after God's own heart. So we know David loved the Lord. Was he perfect? No, he failed. He messed up just like we all do. But he was a man after God's own heart. And listen what Abigail says about David, speaking to David in 1 Samuel 25, 29. It says, even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord your God. I love this secure in his treasure pouch. Isn't that good stuff? Your life is secure in his treasure pouch. So he rejoices over us as his special treasure. And he don't just rejoice over us, but he watches over us, right? He just just as a, as, a, as a lady, you ladies that got that diamond from your husband, you're going to watch over that, right? You're not going to just throw that on the counter when you get home, right? You're not going to leave it on, on the, on the dashboard, right? That, that you're going to, you're going to be mindful of that. <laughs> Matter of fact, I, this is just a little funny, you know, cause I know, I know most ladies like jewelry, even when they don't think they do, like my wife. I asked her if I could share this. So when we were getting engaged, you know, of course, as most, just as most young ladies dream about walking down the aisle and getting married, most young men think about that day when we can get on one knee and propose to our, our wives. So I told Cassie, hey, you know, we were talking about, you know, we were getting closer and, and, and talking about engagement. She said, listen, I don't even want a diamond. Just give me a regular band. I'm like, baby, I want to give you a diamond. She's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very simple. I don't, I don't like all kind of jewelry. All I want is just a, just a wedding band. I was like, man, I really want to give you, you know, an engagement ring. And she had some ladies in the church encouraged her, like, no, let her, let her, you know, let him do that. He dreams of doing that one day. So I said, listen, I have no idea anything about diamonds and jewelry. So I said, how about this? Let's go to the jewelry store. And I'll have you pick out three different rings that you love, and I'll just pick one to surprise you on that day. And she didn't know what we could do. She said, okay, yeah, no problem. And so she, like, we start looking at rings, and she's, again, real simple and everything. And we start looking at all, all kind of different ones, and she's like, yeah, that's nice, yeah, that's nice. And as we're going through it, at one point she said, she was looking at a few, she said, hey, can I see the bigger one again? I was like, oh, the bigger one, huh? I thought you didn't want diamonds. And she started laughing, you know, so, right? So... You put that jewelry in front of them, and all of a sudden, she had a heart change about that jewelry, right? Hey, but listen, you know, my wife has a very simple uh, uh, ring. We were talking about it after I had finished preparing my message, and we, we, were, we were driving the other day, and we were talking about it, and it is. She's, she is. She's very simple. It's a simple band. It has one, you know, a princess cut diamond in it. It's not that big. But you know what? She was expressing how much she loved that because of what it meant. And guess what? She protects that diamond. It's not the biggest, the most gaudy, but you know what? Because of what it represents, our engagement and what I gave her, she protects and she watches over that diamond. Not just because of the, it's, a, it, it's an inanimate object, but what it represents. So again, the Lord not only remembers us, but he watches over us. Uh, he rejoices over us and he also watches over us to keep us safe and secure. And listen, y'all, I know bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to the church. When I say he watches over us, I, it's not always physically. Tragedies happen. We understand that. I also believe you, you got to look at things in, in a spiritual sense. I believe the Lord watches over our hearts. He watches over us to protect us from the enemy, to keep us secure in his treasure pouch, right? He wants to keep all of his precious jewels together. So the Lord helps us, protects us from the enemy, watches over us. He got our back, so to speak, right? The Bible says he's like, he goes before us and he's our rear guard. So the Lord remembers his own. He rejoices over his own. And the third and final thing of why it pays, and this is the biggest reason right here, everybody. Why does it pay to serve the Lord? Number three, because he will return for his own. 
He will return for his own. Amen. Malachi 3.18 says this. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. There's a difference, everybody. There's a difference. See, some people can't always tell the difference between those that serve the Lord and those that don't. But there will be a day, I believe very soon, when everybody's going to see the difference. It's going to be made crystal clear that there's going to be a difference. On that day, there's going to be a separation. It's going to be a day of separation when we'll see those that have served the Lord and those that haven't. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is coming back soon. And again, on that day, there's going to be a separation. You know, Malachi prophesied about it, but the Apostle Paul filled in the details many years later in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18 says this. We often share this uh, at, 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 at Graves' house with funerals to remember. If, if you've recently lost a loved one, I hope this scripture gives you comfort right here because we, we, that's what it's intended for. But it also reminds us that the Lord's coming back. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like those that have no hope. You see, we grieve like everybody else, but we don't grieve like those that have no hope. We have the hope. In the Lord Jesus that he's coming back, right? And your loved ones that you've lost recently that know the Lord, again, you have hope that you're going to see them again. Amen? For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, not if, when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still alive, when the Lord returns, will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Aren't that some encouraging words, right? Amen. We talk about all the unrest and whatnot. You know what, guys? When we know that how this whole thing wraps up, whether you have a loved one that has, has perished or if we're still here today, you know what? This can take place literally before this service ends. Just like that, the Lord can come down, raise those from their graves, and we can be taken up. We can be snatched up, just as he did with Lazarus. He, he will call for those that have died, just as he said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out of that grave. The same will happen to all the believers that have died. And then any believers that are still here will be taken up. This is known as the rapture. That word caught up, it's known as what we know as the rapture. But listen, only those that are saved and serving the Lord will be taken up with him. Whether they have already perished or those of us that are still alive. Not everybody's going up, y'all. Only those that are saved. You remember Malachi said there's a difference, and you will see it clearly, between the righteous and the wicked. You know, I heard about a man... That when he was a kid, he said he lived down the road from a scrapyard. And I'm sure they still use these, but they have those big uh, magnets, right? Those big magnets at these, these scrapyards that, uh, that, that they put on a crane. And they can move a whole automobile. Y'all seen those before? You can move a whole automobile with these things, right? And, and you know, and it, it can move a whole car. It can move all kind of metal and steel. But there's something interesting about those magnets. You can have aluminum or other things, and those magnets aren't going to pick that up. You know, those magnets are so powerful that, that this man was saying he witnesses as a kid, and I've never seen it personally, but these magnets are so powerful, there can be metal underneath the dirt 
steel, and iron. And that metal is so powerful that those pieces of metals will come out from under the ground and be stuck to that magnet. But you can have other precious metals there that don't even move. Why is that? Because the metals, the magnet has an attraction and a power over those metals with the same nature. Again, if you put any other metal and it's not has doesn't have the same nature as that magnet, it's not going up. So again, think about that. Who's going up in the rapture? Those that have the same nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that mean we have to be perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody would make it up, right? Ain't nobody. that zero, right? You don't get the same nature of Jesus by being perfect. You get the same nature of Jesus by being born again, and he gives you his nature. He supernaturally puts his, his, his uh, character, and, and you, that's why the Bible says you're reborn into a new nature. Your, your old man dies away, your old person dies, and, and, and you become new. You take on the new nature of Christ. There, there, there is going to be a return of the Lord. There's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a rapture, and there's going to be a reunion of all the believers. So when that day comes and there's a great separation, then everybody's going to be able to answer and say boldly, it pays to serve the Lord. Right? If you've ever doubted, I hope today I've encouraged you that the Lord, you know, remembers his own, rejoices over his own, and will return over his own. And on that day, saints, believe me, it's, it's worth it now, but it's going to even be more worth it on that day. So let me ask you a question as we close. Are you ready? for the great day of the Lord's coming. Are you ready for that day? Do you have the nature of Christ inside of you? Will you be taken up with the saved? Or will you be eternally separated from God with the wicked? Just like that magnet has power to pull metal out of the ground, but only the metal that it has the same nature of that magnet. It's going to be the same with us. Are you ready? The Lord Jesus has made a way for you to be with him forever. You know, I want to go back to the scripture that we kicked off this series with, and it's Matthew 20, 28. And it says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to this. Paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. Listen, y'all, the book of Romans says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. And the penalty, the Bible says the wages, but really the penalty, the price for that sin, Romans says, is death. The wages of sin is death. And that word death, again, means eternal separation. So in other words, if we have sin in our life and we haven't accepted Christ, whether we, we die, are we still here when the Lord comes back, as we read about? If we haven't accepted the free gift of Jesus paying for our sins, we're going to be, we're going to experience an eternal death. But we see that Jesus gave his life on the cross to pay for the penalty of our sins. Today, you can turn from your sin, turn to Jesus and ask him to forgive you and you will be saved. You will be ready. You will have the same nature that whenever that trumpet sound blasts, you'll be ready to go up. Do me a favor, bow your head with me, just right where you're seated. Bow your head and close your eyes. I want to encourage you, it pays to serve the Lord. Maybe you in here today and you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm serving the Lord. I mean, man, I've come to church. I've, I've, I try to do good things. I feel like I'm a good person. I try to help people out. 
But man, I don't know if I'm right with God. We read a very descriptive account of what's going to happen on that day when the Lord comes back. And Malachi, thousands of years ago, said there will be a separation. There's a difference between the righteous and the wicked. Don't get caught up in the lie that everyone's going to heaven because God loves everybody and forgives everybody. Those two statements are true. He loves everyone and he forgives everyone, but he forgives those that repent and turn away from their sin and come to him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, if the coming of the Lord was today, I mean, before this service ends, before lunchtime, I don't know if I'm ready. If you can't say 100% you know you're ready, then you're probably not. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. I want you to just slip up your hand and say, Brandon, I want to get ready. Man, I want to get ready. I see your hand over here, ma'am. Anybody else? Anyone else? I see your hand over here, sir. Thank you. Hands going up. Anybody else right here? Anybody else? Hands going up in the middle. I see your hands. Anyone else right here, ma'am? Thank you, Jesus. I see your hand in the back, young man. Hands going up all over. Thank you, Lord. Come on, now's the day to get ready. Now's the time. I see your hand by the sound booth. I see you, sir. I see you in the back. Come on, why don't you just, all of you that raise your hand, is there any more before we pray? Because we're going to pray together. Come on, even those, I see your hand, ma'am. There's more hands going up, sir. I see your hand. Well, we're going to pray together. We're going to make sure, ma'am, I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Hands still going up. Come on, thank you, Lord. The Lord's reaching out. He's touching people. He's saving people. Ma'am, in the middle, I see your hand. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? We're going to pray. The Bible makes it clear. He wants to save you. He wants to spend eternity with you. And it's very simple. We can make it complicated. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible also says that we have to repent of our sin and turn away. So we're going to pray a simple prayer of faith. And it's not the words of the prayer. It's the faith behind it that will save you. And I believe We'll start you on a new journey today. So all of you that raise your hands and even us that already say, we're going to pray with you. Just pray the simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for loving me. I know that I've sinned. And Lord, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I receive the free gift of salvation. I turn away from my old life and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give these a round of applause? Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew in front of you. It says, I made a decision. Just take a few minutes, not even. It takes about a minute to fill it out. And on your way out, even if you're going to get school supplies on your way out, you can just drop it off at the info center. If you don't have a Bible, we don't only want to give you school supplies today. We want to give you a Bible. Hey, listen, for the rest of us, before anybody starts moving around, for the rest of us, I want to encourage you. Don't let anyone or anything keep you from serving the Lord. Listen to this. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 7.35 says this. I am saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I love this. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. So for the rest of us, maybe you haven't been serving the Lord like you should. Listen, if there's anything or anyone in your life that's distracting you from serving the Lord, I would suggest that you remove it from your life. He says, I'm not trying to put restrictions on you. I just want you to serve the Lord with few distractions as possible. So let me just pray over you, the rest of you. Father, I pray for these that are serving you. I pray if there's anyone or anything distracting them from serving you with their whole heart, 
100%, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would help them, you would help them identify it, and that, Lord God, they would serve you, Lord God, with no distractions, but come to you, love you, and give their all to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here for school supplies, there's a card in the pew also in front of you. You need to fill out this whole card before you go in the lobby. Fill it out, name, your child's name, age, and then go into the lobby, and they'll give you instructions outside. You'll, you'll, you'll get a color, and they'll give you the school supplies. So make sure you have this filled out before you go in the lobby. Amen. Why don't you stand up with me, and let me pray over you, a blessing over you as you go today. Father, I thank you. For all those that made a decision to serve you today. And I thank you for those that are already serving. I thank you for everyone that served yesterday, Lord. Pray a blessing, a refreshing strength and energy be restored to them. 30, 60, and 100 fold. I thank you for everyone. Bless them as they go. May they be blessed as they get school supplies and as they start this new school year. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, have a great day. Make sure to fill out this card before you go out there to get your school supplies.